Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. I am your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe, and typically with every podcast, we do housekeeping before we get started with our guests. Housekeeping this um, this episode is going to be a little different because usually I announce our sponsors and and all the supporters of the podcast. We're going to forego that in this podcast because we are going to be performing um official ACA business, American Chiropractic Association business. So I personally don't feel like it's the right thing to do to uh, mention sponsors when we're going to kind of get down to nitty gritty official chiropractic business. We're going to kind of like keep the two separate, the promotional side and the official business side. So with that being said, if you do want to know who sponsors our podcast, just go ahead and check out different episodes and listen in on those. And we mentioned our sponsors and and uh, supporters at the beginning of every podcast. So, and we do appreciate them. We're just, you you know, you get what I'm saying, everyone. You get what I'm saying. Because today's guest is the Senior Vice President for Pol- Public Policy and Advocacy for the American Chiropractic Association, uh, John Filardo. If you have an honorary doctorate, do I have to call you Dr. Filardo? No. Uh, that, okay. uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to do HR 1610 updates get everyone up to speed uh we talked before we press record on perhaps doing this in two chapters chapter one let's get everybody up to speed on what's going on if they are not aca members and then i perhaps will browbeat them into becoming aca members and contributing to the process and then chapter two will be let's get a little bit heavier with the folks who are already doing the work how does that sound All right, let's go chapter one. What is HR 1610 and why does it matter? Oh, boy. Uh, this is something that uh, this is a bill we've been working on now for um, for several years. Um, HR uh, 1610 is uh, officially called the Chiropractic Medicare Coverage Modernization Act. And it sounds like a lot, but... Uh, I think this is a technical correction uh, above anything else, Bobby. I think this is uh, uh, back in 1972, um, the first time that uh, uh, chiropractic uh, was uh, introduced in Medicare. Well, there were Medicare, there was a benefit placed in Medicare related to chiropractic, uh, but it was put in statute that um, the only thing that is covered is, quote, manual manipulation of the spine to correct a subluxation, end quote. And that's pretty much, you know better than I, but that's pretty much only the adjustment. And there's three codes associated with that. So, but there's many more uh, services that you and your colleagues can provide under your state licensor that are Medicare covered benefits. Uh, x-rays, for example, post-therapy services, evaluation and management services, diagnostics, uh, 
all of those are Medicare covered services. Uh, but because of this statute that was put into place now more than 50 years ago, and there's no one around that can tell me why it was put this way. I there, I haven't found anyone that could tell me it can tell me uh, how it how it uh, happened the way it did. Uh, because the federal government is not in the scope business. Scope, as you know, is determined state level through the state legislatures. And however, our good friends here in Washington. Uh, in their infinite wisdom in 1972, thought that they would put a scope, uh, a Medicare uh, scope, in for chiropractors only and chiropractic patients, most important. So if uh, a, a Medicare patient, and just a couple of months ago, believe it or not, I became one. I have my <laughs> card-carrying member of, of uh, the Medicare uh, sect. Congratulations, uh, yeah. Yeah, for making it this long, right? Um, so, uh, you know, they, if a patient comes in, let's just say, again, a patient has private insurance and, you know, everything that, that is covered under private insurance, pretty much full coverage. Uh, the day that person turns 65, they walk back into the chiropractor's office and the chiropractor has to say, sorry, um, those services are no longer covered under your Medicare plan. And the patient says, well, what, why? Well, it's, it, it'd be hard to, you know, for the chiropractor uh, in the field to explain why, uh, why things are done in Washington the way they are. Um, but that patient, you know, either has to pay out of pocket or, for example, if they need an x-ray, go to an MD, get an x-ray, bring that x-ray back, and, you know, that MD may be uh, a block down the street, or that MD may be 40 miles down the road. Yeah, it's so, burning fossil fuels, man. That's affecting that's the... Uh, there you go. Global warming, climate unless change. Unless you uh, do it all by drone, right? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, we have been trying to fix this uh, so that patients have access to all Medicare-covered services under a chiropractor state licensure. Pretty simple. Just like pretty much every other provider in Medicare has uh, or patient has, an, has access to. Um, and we are not looking for any new benefits here. Um, we are simply uh, saying to Congress that uh, uh, we believe the, these patients should have access to these covered services uh, that a chiropractor can provide these Medicare covered services. So, if and, you are if you're a patient centered chiropractor, if you value your patients and you're you're focused on serving them, this is something that you really need to support, especially Medicare Medicare era patients. Sure, and, and not just Medicare era, uh, Bobby, because we see, and I'm sure you do too. Uh, that some of these in private insurance companies uh, that cover lives under 65, um, they see this and they say, well, you know what, from now on, we're just going to, we're just going to go buy what Medicare covers. And, they, and we've seen that. We have seen that sure. uh, in a lot of instances. So um, uh, it, it's important uh, for the Medicare patient, of course, 
uh, but it's also important to get uh, to uh, get this get this statute fixed um, so it doesn't affect uh, private insurance adversely uh, as well. So we tried to go through the regulatory route. And I think when we last talked a couple of years or so ago, uh, we tried to go through the regulatory route um, and get this fixed um, uh, through HHS. Right. And we met with two different uh, uh Two different uh, secretaries uh, before my time here at ACA, uh, uh, folks met with then uh, Sec- uh, Secretary Tommy Thompson from uh, Wisconsin. He got it. However, uh, they they couldn't do anything. And then most recently, uh, Kathleen Sebelius, who was uh, head of HHS uh, under uh, President Obama, and we got an appointment with her. Uh, through our good friends in Kansas, who where she was the insurance commissioner uh, at one point, uh, we got a uh, we got a meeting with her uh, right. We got a meeting right at the top, and once it was, once it was it was explained to her, uh, she got it. She said, "This is crazy. I mean, well, why why is it this way?" And you know, and we said, "Well, Madam Secretary, it's you know." It, we can't explain why it was put in this way. Uh, there was some political wrangling and horse trading going on at some point, I, I imagine. But so she said, well, you know, I'd like to fix this. She she even um, uh, assigned us a liaison to CMS from her office. And but then when it got down to the uh, uh, the lawyers at, at, uh, at, at HHS, they said, look, you know, we're handcuffed by the statute. I mean, you got to, we can't do anything here at the regulatory level. You have to change the statute. And the only way to change the statute is through legislation. And that's where we are. Um, This is uh, the third iteration uh, of this bill. We've had it introduced in the two previous Congresses. And we had good support the first time. We had 91 co-sponsors sign on. Last session, we had 155 co-sponsors sign on. And uh, this session, we're already up to 103. Um, and and this is bipartisan. I mean, if you look at the list now, it's uh, it's uh, pretty much right down the middle. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, 54 Democrat, 49 Republican right now. And Last session, it was right. It was 78, 77. I mean, you can't get more down the middle than that. And uh, so this is a good bipartisan measure. Uh, the thing is, is that this is an issue, though, that's that's so far that, you know, in the weeds that you really have to educate legislators and their staff on. It. Um, you have to, you know, give them a little bit of the history like I just uh, told you and, and then, uh, you know, have those you know, have that staff and those members of Congress, you know, sign on uh, to the bill. I'm very encouraged this session more than others, uh, and I'll tell you why. Our lead uh, Republican uh, co-sponsor last session was Representative Jason Smith from Missouri. Jason Smith is now the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee that has primary jurisdiction over this issue, over Medicare in general. 
and uh, he is very supportive of this. And um, uh, he handpicked the uh, they chairman generally don't run bills themselves. They they assign them to members of the committee. He assigned it to uh, Greg Stubbe, who is our lead sponsor this year from Florida, and uh, along with uh, uh, Congressman Alford from Missouri and and uh, the Democrat side, Congressman Brian Higgins from New York and, and uh, John Larson from uh, from Connecticut are the primary co-sponsors. Now, uh, you know, last session, it took us, uh, I think, six and a half months to get up to 100 co-sponsors. This yeah. year, this session, we've made it in, in five months. So we're on a good pace. And as I've said many, many times before, uh, the more co-sponsors we have, the greater the likelihood of our success. Plain and simple. Is there a uh, threshold? Is there like a goal target no, number? There's no magic number. Uh, but uh, we met with uh, Congressman Jason Smith last, just last week in uh, Missouri, and he was very impressed uh, that we had uh, over 100 co-sponsors. And uh, uh, chairman of our legislative committee, uh, Quinn James from Missouri, he, he did mm -hmm. a little homework the night before the, uh, the, the meeting, and, and uh, he said uh, that there were 700, more than 700 bills introduced that have been referred to the uh, Ways and Means Committee. And he said, uh, of the 700, there are 30 that have 100 co-sponsors. But he said most of those are partisan, uh, either all Republican or all Democrat. And he said of the 30 that have 100 co-sponsors, only seven are bipartisan. So we're a pretty rare company. And we're in a good spot, I think, where we can move this but what we need from our listeners uh, is for them to contact our members of Congress, their um, their House members, and have them co-sponsor H.R. 1610. Now, we also have a companion bill in the Senate. Same exact language. Always good to have a companion uh, yeah. wherever you are, right? Uh, and in the political sense here, we have a, a Senate bill that was introduced again this session by Senator Blumenthal of uh, Connecticut, and that's got eight co-sponsors. That's bipartisan, though, as well. And that's S, S is in Senate, 799. And so we urge your listeners to to contact your senators as well and, um, and uh, have them urge them to co-sponsor S799. Well, let's go through yeah. the process here. What What is in it for, I, I mean, I, I feel for, I guess I'm mid-career chiropractor, but if you're mid-career all the way to a student right now, you weren't even alive, most likely. I'm, I'm fairly strongly confident that mid-career to younger chiropractors were not even alive in 1972 when the original Medicare bill was passed. So you inherit this. Uh, anomaly <laughs> but what is in it for a chiropractor specifically there are so many that uh, they just have become apathetic or not even engaged in the medicare process engaged in medicare patients what is in it for them to push towards success because you know how this works they've got to have something 
to get out of it, right? Sure. And uh, well, as we're framing this, uh, as we speak to legislators and staff, this is a patient access issue that I've described before. Patients should be able to access these benefits that they are allowed to under the Medicare law. They are allowed these benefits. And through greater patient access would come greater reimbursement. Yeah. I think right now that, I don't know, I think, and I've heard this from several people, it varies from state to state, but the average Medicare uh, reimburse, patient, Medicare patient comes in and uh, you uh, form the services that are allowed and you bill one or two codes, and it's, it's about $35, right, which isn't a lot at all. We, we all agree on that. Um, but that $35 visit, if this bill passes, could become anywhere from a $150 to $180. Yeah, so, without raising any prices at all. Without raising any prices because you're, you're billing Medicare. You know, Medicare is... Medicare is still the, the best payer out there. Uh, I know it's not, like you said, the greatest for chiropractors right now, but it's the largest, and all it is is an insurance company, pretty much. Right. And it's the largest one in the country, probably even the world. And, um, and if you have full access, if that patient has full access in your office to the services you're allowed to provide, under your state licensure, uh, the reimbursement will grow. But we don't talk about that, Bobby, to, to legislators. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, of course. Because they don't, you know. I don't even think that's what's in it. For, I mean, like that is a extrinsic, extrinsic benefit, I guess, to pursuing this for the doctors themselves. But I think there's some intrinsic benefits of somebody who's a healer or somebody who's committed to their communities. Uh, to making the world a better place, to helping people, to serving those that are sick or in pain. And that is like, a it's it's kind of duty bound, you know what I mean? Like you, you almost have a duty to make sure that these folks can get this access um, and get the services that they have earned, deserved, and uh, that we can honor them with uh, for doing their duty as Americans paying taxes for how many Gosh darn years you've done it, John. I don't know. <laughs> but there's this other part too. It's like in the matriculation process of medical schools, they do produce, I don't want to use the word activist, but they produce a product in the medical doctor that is socially responsible on some level. Like they are, they are kind of like inculcated to be responsible for the communities they serve. And we kind of were missing that from chiropractic education. Like there's no, there's no one charging the student with you will go out and and you will serve these communities and the, you have a responsibility to do the best for the people that you possibly can. And I just feel like these situations where you have this opportunity from a legislative standpoint to do those things, we don't have people that are charged or like injected with that responsibility to act in these ways we obviously we get those that are volunteering within the aca and making these phone calls and and quinn and and everybody else who's very active and does an excellent job 
um, but not on a large enough mass scale. I guess what I want to say to to summarize that is like, it should be your, the intrinsic reward is your inbound duty to do the best you can with what means you have for mankind and for your community. And that's why you should be, you know, it, it's time or money, right? You should be either giving time or money to help support this cause uh, in whatever ways you possibly can. Right. No, that, 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 that's, that's for sure a large part. That's uh, my soapbox, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, no, I don't do I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, well, you were in the you were in the military. Like we we have the that's military talk, right? It's like we all joined the military if they if you were enlisted. Everyone will say I joined it to serve my country. No, you got some benefits, yeah. but there was also this duty bound patriotic part of you that right. also called you to serve. But you got benefits, and it's the same here. You're probably like if we support HR sixteen ten and the and the Senate uh, twin to this. Uh, 799 and we we come along yeah there's probably some in, extrinsic benefits but it's all about the intrinsic reason why you do this and the people you're serving in the process yeah oh of course and it it recognizes you uh with full physician status in, in medicare right now we are considered physicians in medicare but only for that one service right so it's that's another huge part. I have a lot of colleagues that walk around and they want parity. They want to be respected. They want to be on the same level as any other physician in the country, but they don't want to walk this walk or talk this talk. They don't want to do the time or the money to make sure it gets done. Yeah, and, and, and we need that. And, and I can tell you, uh, we have done, your colleagues have done a tremendous job in, in, in getting that, uh, in getting yeah. that word out. Um, I hear all the time, uh, you know, how, uh, how they, how, you know, the chiropractic, ACA is, uh, uh, is very involved in, 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 in this and in other areas here in Washington. It, it's just, uh, but it needs to, it needs to grow and it, and it, and it starts from the bottom up. I mean, it's, it's grassroots, you know, one oh one. um, and uh, as, as much as we can stay involved that way, uh, it just it, it just becomes that much more easier to get things like this through. Um, uh, I, I have to read you. Uh, I, I saved this note, and uh, my uh, former colleague here of mine was uh, at a, a reception here in, in, in Washington uh, several months ago. And um, she was uh, meeting with Senator Murkowski from, from Alaska. And um, she had mentioned she just met a group of uh, chiropractors in Alaska uh, during a reception up there uh, not long before that. And, and, and really praised our work in, in, uh, in, in rural areas. And, and, and then basically said, you know, the, the, the ACA PAC is being recognized uh, and, uh, and, and in talking to other groups that uh, the, she said, the AMA said the chiropractors are dedicated to their pack and all they donate and they're getting legislative wins. Well, that's part of it. So it's one of those things where, you know, I, I always hate this term that, you know, perception is reality. 
I kind of, I kind of, I don't like that. I don't, I, I don't like to, uh, you know, you hear that all the time. And, but this is one case where, you know, our perception is being a big player here in Washington, uh, in, 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 in the States goes a long way and that people are noticing that. Um, I, uh, I heard from another colleague, uh, not too long ago, um, uh, the acupuncturists are trying to get a, uh, a benefit in, in Medicare as well. They've got a, they're doing sort of like a demonstration project in Medicare right now, but they want a permanent Medicare benefit for acupuncture. And uh, they said they, they pay a lot of attention to what chiropractors are doing. The chiropractors are the model uh, for getting things done like this. And you hear that kind of thing. And, <laughs> and, it, and it kind of resonates uh, among members of Congress and staff around town. And we're kind of playing bigger than we are. And um, it's and, but it's that kind of grassroots. Also, we talked about, you know, folks in Alaska, doctors in Alaska. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's showing up. Uh, it's being at these uh, town hall meetings. It, you know, it's, it's being at these uh, uh, events for members. Uh, they don't have to be PAC events. I mean, they have, they have whole listening sessions and all that kind of good stuff all the time when they're home. And uh, it's, it's who was it that said, you know, half a, half a life is just showing up, right? Half of your success in life is just showing up. Um and, and that's all we've got to do and press this issue, make this a patient access issue above all. And, um, I, you know, I, I feel really good. I feel, you know, again, really good that, you know, Jason Smith is in a spot where he can really help us. Um, but he also needs uh, more co-sponsors. You know, 103 is a great number, but there's 435. Uh, members out there in the house. So there's still a, uh, a pool out there that po- folks can tap into. And just like the Senate, I mean, there's, we have eight co-sponsors. Well, there's 92 others that are, that are out there and, and, and can contribute to and co-sponsor to this rather. So, um, and that's on us. And, um, I hear sometimes from people, well, you know, that's for you guys in Washington to take care of. Well, we can do it sometimes, but something like this needs a grassroots push, needs support from the hinterlands, needs support from state associations, associations like yourself, uh, to really get this through and to and to have their voice heard. I mean, the old adage that uh, all po- politics is local, That's and that right. was Tim O'Neill that said that. I remember that, but uh, and it's true. You know, these these folks. Uh, need to hear uh, from their constituents that this is an important issue, hear from their patients. And we've got so many resources uh, that are available uh, for folks to really become familiar with and uh, learn the talking points and so forth. And that's all on our website. It's the first thing you see when you go to acatoday.org, you see a big picture of the Capitol and you, you'll even see my mug there in a video. I did a minute and a half video talking about the bill. And uh, it, it's it's all there. And, you know, and if, you know, if this, we, we can't get this through uh, with how the Congress is structured right now, 
and shame on us. <laughs> and, um, and so it's 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 again very important that that uh, you know states, individual doctors, and their patients. We've got resources for patients uh, on our site as well that people can put in their office and so forth can hand out to their patients. Um, and it's just uh, it's just getting that uh, just getting that word across and getting the word out there. Uh, for these people to co-sponsor, because that's what he's—that's what Chairman Smith's going to look at. He's going to look at how many co-sponsors I have. Is it—is it bipartisan? You know, do, do I have a, a lot of people from my committee? And I think right now we have 16 members of the 43 uh, from Ways and Means on there. So there is room for growth there as well. These Ways and Means members. So uh, th there's a. There's a, a a good opportunity, a great opportunity for us, and it's staring us right in the face, and uh, we just have to take advantage of it. Let's summarize chapter one. The resources are available, so you've definitely covered time versus money. You've definitely covered time. Uh, we we can in our offices, you know, if you have fifty twenty conversations in a day, and and you know, patient conversation, let's say 20 patient conversations in a day, and 18 of them are about the weather, maybe we can skew that a bit and have like five or six conversations about what's going on in the state and in Washington and with Medicare reform with the patients and see if we can spread the word that way. Uh, we can attend local events with our uh, Congress people and show our support for them, let them know our names. Um, and then from, uh, instead of time, money-wise, if you're not an ACA member, this is a great time to start. Uh, and is there any way, if people don't have time, is there any other way they can contribute financially? Uh, yes. Uh, they have to be ACA members to contribute to the PAC. Um, that's federal law. Sure. Um, and, um, yeah, they can uh, they can uh, you know contribute to the pack and um, you know when I first got to Washington in 1985, um, if you spent three hundred thousand dollars on a congressional race, that was a lot. Now these guys are raising three hundred thousand dollars every two months. I mean that it's it's crazy what Jeez. people need to spend. Uh, for these, you know, for these congressional seats, um, because you're buying TV, you're buying uh, internet ad time, you're buying radio time, and all of that, and uh, it's just not cheap, and um, and that's that's where a lot of that goes, you know, campaign signs, all of that, all of the, you know, paper and pens in the in the campaign office uh, cost, and um, it's it's a great way for us to show support for those that support us, and um, and it's and it lets us get a foot in the door. Uh, and uh, you know, I've made many friends uh, through uh, through our pack uh, as an initial step. You know, many members of Congress. You know, it's hard to. It's hard to get in just a, an individual meeting, um, but uh, 
it's easy to um, relatively easy to uh, to get in, you know, in the pack. It, it, it helps get a foot in the door. You know, it's just you know no other way about it, no other way around it. So yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's 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 not a uh, it's you know you wish it wasn't this way, but it's it's the way it is. And, and until they change the rules, uh, mm -hmm. you know we have to play by you know the rules that are in front of us now. And, yeah, there's. I can attribute an unnamed quote to that. That's what uh, we play. We play with the team we've got, not the team we wish we had. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and um, it's uh, uh, the, the the pack. Uh, we we're kind of a small, mid-sized pack here uh, at ACA. Uh, we did last uh, last cycle, last election cycle is. Election cycle is two years, so this is the 20, 2020, 2022 cycle. We did uh, about two hundred sixty thousand uh, dollars in PAC contributions uh, to oh. members of Congress, and um, uh, so we did really well. Uh, and it's grown the last, uh, I think, the last four years. Uh, we've been we've been able to uh, exhibit. Uh, the value of the pack to our members, and then in turn uh, use those contributions strategically with members uh, such as Jason Smith. Uh, we also held a fundraiser for him last week, uh, in addition to the meeting. And um, and so a lot of that, you know, again is is is, is not lost on on members of Congress. And, and in in our patients as well, or excuse me, our members as well, um, that there is a value to it. There is a, you know, it's it's kind of you know, it's not a, uh, uh, you know, it's not like anything you can you know put your hands on. But it's uh, there's that value that you know that you are participating uh, in the political process, and um, and it's it's important. I think last year we. I think we supported like 41 or 42 members of the House and Senate and all but one, all but one of them won. So we had a pretty good win rate. Uh, and uh, so and, and that's important as well, because we want to, you know, we don't want to, and we're bipartisan as, as a pack as well. And, you know, we're not, you're not looking to build a, a Democrat Congress or a Republican Congress. We're, we're looking to build a chiropractic Congress. Yeah. And, ones where uh, uh, Congress where we have support and that know that uh, chiropractors are a valued uh, health care uh, provider in in that in that legislators uh, community and uh, and that's getting across and and I, I gotta tell you uh, since I've been here I've been to ACA now a little over 18 years and um, I have seen the acceptance of chiropractic among the legislators grow, uh, you know, immensely. Uh, I remember during the, uh, uh, gosh, it seems like ancient history now, but during the Obamacare hearings uh, back in, what, 2009, 2010, um, I went to virtually every office, 535, and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, talked about chiropractic and the value to the community and all that good stuff. And 
I can tell you, I, I never had anybody say, well, you know, chiropractic's a bunch of bunk. Uh, uh, thank you and good night. It never happened. It always, it always, there was, there was someone, oh, my, uh, I go to a chiropractor myself and, and, and hearing the stories uh, on how th their health care is improved. And, uh, or if it wasn't the staffer or the member of Congress, it was their brother or their sister, or their mother or their father. Someone in their family has benefited uh, from chiropractic. And, and that was, gosh, that was in 95% of the offices I, I easily that I, that I uh, went to. So I've seen the acceptance here uh, in Washington. And uh, what, and, but the job now is for us to keep that going, to, to build upon that momentum. And um, and you know be be a unified voice uh, for our patients. There is yeah. no chiropractic patient association. Um, right. Yeah. There's been talk of one and, and, and stuff, but just the logistics are hard enough uh, to put something like that together. But um, uh, we 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 feel that you know we are the voice for your patients as well and. And uh, we're very, uh, you know, patient-centric. And again, uh, talking about the issue of patient access, um, that's something, again, that resonates with members and uh, they get it. It's just, it just takes a little bit of time to uh, explain what the issue is in Medicare. But once they do, they get it. I mean, this all started, this push from the legislature, uh, the House and the Senate started back in, oh, I think it was like 2015. Uh, and, you know, Kathleen Sebelius said, look, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're handcuffed like you with the statute. And so the first place uh, we went, first person we talked to about this was then chairman of the Ways and Means Committee um, from Wisconsin, Paul Ryan. I don't know if you oh, remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember Paul Ryan. Yeah. Who, uh, who not long after was promoted, <laughs> or maybe promoted to Speaker of the House, yeah. and uh, but he was the first person we went to. And, and thank you to the Wisconsin Chiropractic Association for for uh, setting up that meeting, and um, and he got it. And you know he is he is a chiropractic patient as well, and he got it. He uh, he understood. He said, "This is crazy." You know, just like I said, Kathleen Sebelius got it. You know, once it, once they hear it, they get it. And, but the, the hard part then is, you know, Bobby, getting this to the other 434 and putting this at the top of the pile that these people, uh, these staffers especially, uh, have to sift through. Um, you know, I worked on the Hill for 10 years and you, you become a good juggler. You, you know, one minute you're talking <laughs> about uh, uh, healthcare, the next minute you're talking about animal rights and the next minute you're talking about how many, you know, aircraft carriers do we need to uh, uh, authorize next year? So it's, it's all of that. And you juggle and it's, it's getting this issue talking about this issue, now, getting this to the top of the pile. And how does that get to the top of the pile? The more they hear about it, the more calls they get, the more electronic messages we they get. We have a legislative action center right on our website that's 
uh, attached to our Medicare page. If you uh, click on the link from our homepage, you go right to the Take Action page. And we have uh, three different categories. If you're a student, a doctor, or a patient, click those, and it'll take you right to your member of Congress in just a few mouse clicks. And the more of those types of things that, that, that happen, the more times those happen, uh, you know, the more people tend to notice, like anything else. Um, I can tell you, these congressional offices every week, they have a staff meeting with either the, the chief of staff or the member themselves, the, the member of the senator. And, uh, you know, they, they go around. What's the big issue? Who, do you, who are we hearing from? What are, what are you hearing? You know, what are, what are we getting across, uh, you know, electronically through these emails? You know, what are we getting from? And what we want people to say is, look, well, Congressman, I've, I've gotten 100 messages from chiro chiropractors this week on H.R. 1610. We better go on that thing. And the Congress says, hey, yeah, you're dang right. We better go on it. And, they, and that's how it happens. And, um, well, I, I'm aging myself. I already did when I said I'm a Medicare uh, patient now. But uh, when I worked on the Hill, you know, the gold standard was the letter, was the was the written letter. Um, and we'd get phone calls and postcards. But, you know, if we got a letter from somebody that was, uh, that was it, you know, that, you know, how many letters did we get on this issue? Well, we got, you know, 17, 18, whatever it is. But now that everything's electronic, now that everything's so easy, now that you can contact your member of Congress with a few mouse clicks, that's the gold standard. That's what they pay attention to. It's all a numbers game. It's all numbers. You know, how many numbers came in, how many co-sponsors, how many requests for co-sponsors came in on a certain issue. And, and that's what they look at. And uh, because if they have support from home on these issues, that's when, again, all politics is local. They have support from home. That's, you know, that's when they that's when they pay attention. That's when they start to pay attention. That's when they put their name on the dotted line and become co-sponsors. So, Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it, you know, that the mechanism has changed a lot since I've been to Congress. I, I was in Congress. Uh, but the, the, you know, the, it's, it's still the same, you know, how many, how many people wrote in on this, uh, on this issue? I asked, I asked a staffer not too long ago and I said, you guys still get letters? And they said, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe one or two a week, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I remember, well, again, I'm aging myself, but, uh, I remember when we first got fax machines oh, and, geez. You know, and when, then we, we would get faxes from constituents and we're like, oh, this is crazy. This is, okay. you know, this is going to, you know, this is going to bury us in, in, in faxes and all this and that. So, but I got, I got out before the, the real electronic age. And, and uh, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a different world that way, but it's still the same. It's still the same. Uh, you know, the, the more they hear from their constituents, the more likely they are to act. And, and, and again, that's when it's on us. And that's when it's on us to, to get those messages into uh, Congress, to go to, the, again, uh, you know, reiterate, to, to go to the town halls and, and, and so forth. And, and be, you know, become and uh, just get to know uh, your member of Congress and, and uh, you know, and remind them that, you know, chiropractors are, are a, a valued health care provider in, in, in their neighborhoods and in their community.
Well, it makes sense. So let's briefly do chapter two then. Because now chapter two is we've got people who are taking action. They do either spend time or money or time and money. And uh, first and foremost, I'll see you all at ACA Engage. Because that's kind of like the launching point. But what can the folks that are already taking action, what more, what extra steps can they take? How can they prepare for ACA in 2024? And what other pieces of nuggets of advice do you have on that aspect? Well, hopefully in 2024, we'll have a victory lap. And uh, I'll have to find something else to do. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, there, there's plenty. There's plenty to do. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, Engage is such a, a great opportunity. Uh, it's in January. It's at the, uh, the last weekend in January. In 2024, uh, we usually have it uh, very uh, early in the session. Uh, it's not the best time to be in Washington because you know we can get snow and uh, that kind of stuff, and uh, and we have had snow during engagement. But I can I tell you though, it's something you know we're very early in getting in. That will be in the second uh, session of the 118th Congress uh, in next January, but uh, this January. Uh, we got in really early and, uh, you know, there were folks that, you know, a lot of these freshmen, I think there were 77 in both the House and the Senate uh, that were freshmen. Um, you know, they, we, you know, the education process, that's when it started uh, on this issue. So it was good to get in on them early. Uh, our Missouri group was the first group from Missouri that met with Chairman Jason Smith in January. And he made note of that. He told that, he said, you are the first folks from Missouri that I've seen since I became chairman. And yeah, some, uh, some people are still, some members are still bringing their boxes upstairs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're still figuring out where the cafeteria was. Yeah, yeah, and you know, or they're, they're still trying to find their parking space. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, it was a good time to get in early. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a good time to come uh, delegates like yourself and, and, and others uh, uh, responsible for, for setting up the meetings, and we'll see more of that later. Uh, you'll learn more about that later. Um, but it's a good time. I think last year we had, oh gosh, I wish I had the number in front of me. I, I, I want to say like 240-some meetings, little, maybe a few more than that. Uh, for some reason, that, that number sticks out to me, but uh, that's a lot of meetings. And um, there's a lot of good uh, uh, motivated doctors and especially students, students uh, yeah. really uh, value the students uh, when they come. And I can tell you, a lot of members of Congress and their staff uh, like to meet with the students. They like that, you know, these are folks that, are, as you know, are just coming uh, coming up through the healthcare ranks. And, and uh, they want to hear from them. They want to hear that, uh, you know, right now, uh, a, a student, when they get out of chiropractic college, uh, cannot practice to the greatest extent of their licensure in Medicare, plain and simple. That's the message to the member of Congress. And, um, you know, there's a solution, though, for that. So, you know, these these these. Congress types, you know, they they, they like to hear uh, stories like that and, and things, and they like to hear from from folks back home, and and um, 
you know, they, they, they need to know what, what the issues are. We get great support uh, from our folks uh, uh, when it comes to engage. And um, again, I've done now 18 of them. And uh, it's every year I'm amazed by uh, the motivation, uh, the work uh, that's done, uh, the miles that the people have traveled uh, to get here. And um, they're, they're all, you know, they're, they're all here for the patients and they're all here to, you know, make or to help make uh, their, their patients better. And how do you do that? Making sure they have access to the services that you are licensed to provide, plain and simple. Yeah. And if I could rewind a bit, I mean, I did go on my soapbox about the uh, uh, a perception that not as many chiropractors are duty bound as maybe I would prefer. Um, but there are a lot and they are doing tremendous work. So I also want to tip my hat and say, I respect those folks tremendously and thank them very much. The ones that are doing the work are t doing one heck of a job. <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly are. And uh, uh, doctors and students alike. Um, I know that again, I know that the, uh, Students are very motivated uh, on this issue and other issues, um, and uh, you know they they come into a, a healthcare world where, uh, unlike 50, 60, 70 years ago, where uh, you know doctors uh, weren't even licensed in states. Um, I think was I think Louisiana was the last one to get licensed. Louisiana was the last. Docs were still going to jail, yeah. practicing without uh, a license. And then, uh, you know, the, the motivation factor, I can't imagine, you know, that type of scenario. Um, but like I said before, now that chiropractors are really uh, accepted, uh, and, and the, the research that's coming out now is just so great. I saw one uh, that just came out of the VA recently um, on opioids. And, you know, the, the, the research, the data was there that um, was down to is, you know, better, you know, more care from, from your chiropractor, the less dependent you're going to be on opioids. Plain and simple. I mean, it, it was there. The research is there. And I can tell you, this opioid issue uh, is not going to go away soon. Um, and these legislators are looking under any couch cushion to find a solution to this. And that is part of our selling point as well on this is, uh, and we've got data, you know, regarding, you know, uh, Medicare patients and opioids and, and, and uh, chiropractic. So the relationship there. Um, so, you know, the, there's, there's that on top of everything else is, is that, look, you know, if you're not that this is going to, you know, cure everyone out of opioids. I mean, but but if it, if if it could cure three out of a hundred, let's just say not cure, but you know, uh, make them less dependent or non-dependent on opioids, uh, you know, that's that's a start. And uh, so that's been that's been you know part of the uh, you know part of the argument as well is is that you know the whole opioid issue is 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 one that you know we are. We are involved. We we can uh, 
we can address pain uh, without that, without opioids. So, um, and, and again, that's that's when legislators' ears perk up when they hear things like that. Yeah, you got to take the angle that's going to get you the closest to victory for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I look forward to a victory lap podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to keep my schedule open for that to happen. <laughs> we got to do work the rest of the way. Um, I'm also, I've got uh, Dr. Chris Anderson coming on the podcast soon to discuss more ACA stuff. And I'm going to start uh, bringing more and more ACA folk on the podcast again. So we can have another round like we had a couple of years ago, continuing to get the message out so that people want to be involved and just start to build a flywheel of momentum as we go into 2024. Oh, my uh, Chris Anderson is a great friend. And I tell you, he is uh, so very involved. He's the chairman of our Medicare subcommittee. And he deals more of the regulatory end of, uh, uh, of Medicare. You know, he's, he's more involved in the X's and O's, if you will. And uh, I wish I knew what he forgot. Um, <laughs> great. He's, he's, he's wonderful and great. He's a tremendous resource. And um, but what we're trying to do is build more uh, Chris Andersons, uh, more Quinn Jameses, and, um, and and so that we have you know more of these uh, experts out there that uh, uh, can really help us. And and uh, you know he's a he's a great model for that. And uh, Quinn and uh, Chris and and uh, I'm sure it'll be a great podcast with Chris. He again he really knows a lot yeah, about. Yeah, I love that guy. I'm gonna I'm I'm uh committed to giving them as much platform as we possibly can. And you, you're too, oh, way too humble. You. You're way anytime, too humble. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> I appreciate you and I'm gonna get this out to as many people as I possibly can. That'd be great. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, Bobby, thank you and, and thank you uh, everyone listening and please uh contact your members of Congress and Senate. And then co-sponsor HR 1610 and S790. Yeah, make some friends. They don't bite. No, that's right. <laughs>